Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, to the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Corbyn, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back in the house on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Me and Grifka back uh, together. The draft is less than 10 days away. We're fired up about that. We got news and notes. We're going to talk about free agents. We got draft talk. I've got some outside the box questions. I'm going to fire at Grifsky today. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Uh, Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing? Oh, man. It's another day in this crazy world where we can't leave our homes and the world is upside down, but other than that, we still have football, which I'm super fired up about. Grifka, the draft room has never looked better. I am ready to rock and roll. I've still got a few to-dos on my list, but I broke that down for the people on one of my recent shows. And uh, and yeah, you worked your way through a uh, mock, which I was shocked about. I mean, do you want to tell the people which, uh, which site you read off verbatim as you went through those 20-minute player profiles that you uh, rambled off on a show? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> you know, those those 10-minute soliloquies you gave about each player you drafted that I'm sure did not come directly from the brain of the old waffle maker? <laughs> no, I mean, I'll admit to you. I mean, I went and looked at the the, the, the Turk, you know, Matt Turk or whatever like that some because, uh, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of punters. <laughs> but, you know, I did see him play when Turk, when they took, when they did play Michigan State. He had pretty decent leg. Plus, he has a pretty decent bloodline. You might have heard of his uncle that actually played in the NFL, but <laughs> that's probably I, before I my day. But uh, but other than the punter, yeah. you, you just that's all from the lazy boy scouting. All that stuff you broke out for the people. Well, actually, when I went through the draft, then afterwards, I did like you did. I I randomly pulled up a few videos that like somebody said, "Go check this guy out." <laughs> And that's what I looked at, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, there you I go. I didn't spend, you know, 10, 12 hours breaking down, like, every one of them, you know. But <laughs> the, a few of the later ones, I'm just like, you know, the ones I hadn't seen. Um, I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, Lions need this position. I ended up taking him. Okay, so I went and I looked at some of his tape. So there you go. All if, right. If well, you want all honesty. All right. Well, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's really hard to break down a punter and say, like, um, yeah, this punter looks great when, like, uh, every highlight film is just a booming kick of a punter. So <laughs> – there you go. Oh, Griffka, I'm impressed. You put a little work in. You did a mock draft. I mean, I think I ripped it up in shreds and threw it in the trash. But other than that, I I did enjoy some yeah, of your takes. Yeah, which is funny. Why would you rip it up in shreds? 
threads considering the considering most of the picks are the guys like you always talk about so yeah and i know you're pretty disappointed with the cam Akers pick he's like one of your top running backs that you would take in that spot so yeah okay <laughs> it makes zero sense to me like oh yeah here griff did a draft so it's my job just to pick it apart even though i like you know i'm all over these guys jock pretty much anytime i break them down themselves but you know griff took them in a draft so they suck <laughs> so, yeah, oh, man. kind of amusing myself I, I wish like, I wow, man. I wish I had some of the names in front of me, but you're right. There was a couple names I liked, and there was a couple uh, Grifka reaches, a couple, hey, I watched him in the Big Ten, so I'll, I'll pick that guy. I mean, like I said, I'm not here to battle it out with you. I'm just uh, giving you a hard time, which I do on the show, and, and letting yeah, you know okay. that when it comes down to I really making coming, picks. Man. I saw that. That train was on the tracks when I was doing that draft. I was like, gosh, should I actually do this? Because no matter who I take, you know, Derek, Derek will kind of pick at it. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. So. Oh, it's gold, go. man. I'm sure the people loved it. Let's let's stop messing around, Griff, because the people love the banter. But we got news and notes to talk about. So Snacks Harrison came out. I mean, again, yakking on Twitter, answering questions. You know, some of them he's F-bombing fans. Some of them he's saying he loves Detroit. Some of them he's giving credit to coaching. Other moments he's saying he hated the thought of coming to Detroit and the scheme. I mean, well, you got some general thoughts on this. I know we talk about this every week, a former lion sort of attacking the team yet loves the city yet hates the scheme yet also, you know, wish they would have won more. I mean, I'm confused. What about you? Yeah. These things to me are, I'm just kind of getting tired of them myself. If it's like, if you didn't want to be here, you know, I got it. I guess my biggest problem with the whole thing is like, if you didn't want to be here, why'd you sign the extension? I mean, was I like, well, I'll just, you know, get more money on him before I walk, before I become all fat and lazy. I right. mean, like you said, he like got out of shape and, you know, in the preseason, you know, on purpose to like help facilitate it. So it's just like, here, I'm going to take, you know, your extra cash you're giving me and, you know, stop at more golden corrals. I mean, I, I don't get it. So uh, that's like my biggest problem with the whole issue. I mean, if you didn't want to come here, I, I get it. You know, I've heard that, you know, it, it happens in other sports as well. Players get traded to cities, teams they don't want to go to, and they're there, you know, as short term as possible. But I mean, this guy just turned into a lazy slug. I mean, you know, over the off season, and then it comes out like, well, I didn't want to be there. Well, you played pretty hard when you got here, and then you were more than willing to like take more cash from them this whole time. Like when you heard that you were that you got traded here, you wanted to leave. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> so basically, you're you're not quite for sure. I'm not, I'm not quite for sure. I mean, why, why sign the extension then? I mean, it's just like <laughs> yeah, we, the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> we heard you. Grifka, how, how would you grade Snacks Harrison's play this last year? I mean, he really wasn't that. Uh... Yeah, he wasn't that great. He did a big fat ass. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my quick take on it. Like, I I think there's a lot of nuance when it comes to football that we don't understand. When he started talking about, you know, the different techniques he wanted to play and and they didn't do that. And then they did do that. And then, you know, he he came in in shape, yet he sat around all camp and he wasn't in shape. Then he was hurt during the year. He made plays, but he also didn't live up to his expectations. There's a lot going on there. I mean, we, we don't we don't sit in these coaches meetings and know all the little nuances of the game. But what we do know is that he played great when he came here, whether he's happy or not. He really fell off the table. Uh, you know, they they let him go, which we may get into this later in the show. But I think letting these guys go is really going to be a benefit to the Detroit Lions. I know people think we lost talent. What I feel like we've lost are guys that weren't bought in, didn't want to work hard, wanted it their own way. 
And, and now we're just going to have more younger, young, hungry football players that do buy into the system and are eager to win and don't know any better to some degree. And I think there's a value in that. So really, you know, all I took from him is it's, again, a former player. He left. He's got some things he wants to say. He's opinionated. He's pretty honest, I think, about a lot of things that probably went on, you know, behind the scenes and not. And then the only thing I sort of picked out that was positive that I caught, again, I wasn't in on all these tweets, was there was a tweet where he said, Matt Patricia is a really good coach. He's a good guy. I got nothing against him. Uh, if you give him time, he can turn this thing around and can win here. I, I sent a, a retweet out saying, hey, you know, Snacks saying some good things about Matt Pat. I always like to see that. And uh, actually, Snacks gave that a retweet, which I thought was was interesting. And also, you know, that's that's really all it comes down to is that if the guy didn't want to be here, he's gone. If he if he still can at least say, you know, that he saw some good things and the coach and this and that, like, that's all I'm really going to take away from it. The rest of it to me is, is not only water under the bridge, but it's also, hey, we're moving forward, you know, with what we have and, and who's available. And we'll see if he comes out and makes plays or if his career sort of, you know, rides off into the sunset. But that that's what I took from it. So I, I, I get that. Why would you, oh, he's a good coach. They're going to win here eventually, blah, blah, blah. So why wouldn't you want to stay around to be part of that? It's just how do you just don't want to be here. And that's I mean, just one of those things. Like, why would you even put that out there? Like, well, he's a good coach. He'll, he'll get it turned around and blah, blah. I mean, that's just that's just rhetoric right there. So some other team will sign you so you don't bash their coach. I mean, See, I don't think so. I think, that, I think you can be here and you can be – you know, not comfortable with maybe the situation. I don't know what his family situations are and whatnot, but you can be uncomfortable under all these realms, how they play you on Sundays, the practices, the time away from your family, and still realize that, you know, when I really step away from it and people really want the truth, yeah, this guy's not a bumbling idiot. This guy's not a, uh, you know, a guy that doesn't have a clue. Like, we didn't make plays, we didn't win enough games, but the scheme, the coach, the setup, you know, isn't the ultimate issue of what it did, why it didn't work for him long term. Like it worked really well in that eight games, and then after that it didn't, and we we wasted a year basically. But we also parted ways. We didn't like keep him around for another year or so, and then hear this crap. So at least we moved on somewhat uh, somewhat quickly. That's what I get. You can be both. You can be unhappy and still be, you know, smart about things and see really what's going on. I believe it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, maybe so, but it still seems, you know, kind of, kind of strange to me. You know, uh, you, you sign the extension maybe just to try to finagle more money out of them, and then you want to, you you get out of shape in in the preseason just to facilitate a trade or a release or something like that. That's just that's that's really that's pretty dirty pool right there is what that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go on with this any too much longer, but uh, you know, he also. You know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. You know, if they're trying to extend him, trade him, a lot of things we won't know. And, you know, what would have been the really way to finagle your way? To, even though you were hurt this season, like, give some great speech and rah-rah about how you're going to come back, you know, in better shape and healthy and you're, you're dedicated when really you're not. And then we're paying him $11 million in 2020. So I, I think that, you know, by him pushing the factor of wanting out and, and the Lions getting him the out, we're not stuck with another unhappy $11 million nose tackle 
for the future, you know? So it, I can see both sides. Like you said that, yeah, he might've finagled a little bit more dough, but ultimately the best way to finagle dough would have been to be happy and to be a good soldier and keep doing what he was told. And he wasn't willing to do that. And the lions, you know, were at least smart enough to acknowledge that and to say, all right, let's just all move on. And hopefully we'll all be better because of it. So Grifka, let's keep this thing moving. We got other things to talk about. Grifka, I want your quick opinion on what the heck is the NFL going to do when we come around to July, August, September, if you had to guess right now? I think they're really going to try to get the season up and going practices in August. It uh, may be kind of old school way where there's no fans allowed. I'm not talking just in Detroit. I'm talking kind of league wide. And um, it might only be if they try to get the season at least started sometime in September, maybe not the weekend after Labor Day. You, you might only get like a couple preseason games and um, go from there and have it start maybe the last week, last week of September, you know, maybe the first week of October to try to get some semblance of a season. I know everybody proclaims it's a, uh, you know, you know, it's a 365 day NFL, but I still don't think they want to prolong it too far into February. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit with you. I'm kind of reserving the fact, unfortunately, that I think we're going to see some, some games possibly played with no fans. Now, are they going to have to go to some random remote area and seclude people? Or could they just have players, you know, play in the stadiums without fans in their home cities and their home practice facilities? and bring in a team, you know, uh, via private planes and whatnot. I think some of that could maybe be done. But, yeah, I think we're, we, we may miss some games. I, I've been really shocked that this whole thing has blown up the way it has. It's I, I don't know when the end is in sight. At first I thought, you know, by May, June we'd be good. Now i hearing these things that's going to go through, the, through, you know, November, December, you know, until people are really sure into next year. I mean, that, that just seems crazy to me, but every day that goes by, I think it's a little bit more realistic. So, you know, I want my football regardless fans or no fans, but I think it's really going to be touch and go the next couple of months to see how all this shakes out. Grifka, there was rumor and innuendo today that college football is actually kind of coming up with this option of what if college football didn't play at all in the fall, but then started up after the Super Bowl, and they became the spring football that we've always somewhat craved and talked about, even though the XFL is now uh, tanked twice, the AAF was a complete joke, and college football, the NCAA, the highest of the high when it comes to non-professional levels, played from February through their playoffs, however long that would take and how they would set it up as, uh, you know, a thing this year, it'd be a 2021 thing. And if the NFL went, so you'd have NFL from maybe August, September through February, right after that, you'd pick up college ball through whenever that is done. I mean, I think that's a very interesting trial balloon. I think that it may be a safer way right now. It also may show you that, hey, maybe this is a better setup where NFL could go multiple days, you know, on a weekend and more prime time and stuff, as well as college football could have their season all to themselves. Now, Grifka, don't spend 20 minutes talking about the sport we shall not speak of. I realize there's other sports going on at that time, NBA and others, but I thought this was an intriguing option all around football where they're separated. I can enjoy them both on an even higher level. What do you think? 
Um, my short answer, if it was to stay permanently that way, I think it would suck. I, I really do. Football is fall, fall to me. That's why those other leagues don't survive because people want to do other things. And it doesn't matter if it's college football, pro football, even that, like you mentioned, the XFL and the AAFL, those were at least semi-pro you know, pro players that were still stud players on their college teams. So the football was, was still going to be slightly better than college football. And people didn't watch that. So, yeah, I realize it's college and people are going to still watch our alma mater and stuff like that. But that would uh, I would I would would not like that at all. Hi, yeah, yeah. This 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 is this is what always frustrates me. That's the old Grifka, like because it's different and because it's not old school, I don't like it. Not taking into the fact that, you know, the, the, it's just reverse. The weather would be colder in the beginning. You'd be playing games and like. April, May, June, July, great weather, still football. Um, I, I don't see really any negatives uh, other than, like you said, you think people are really going to like, oh, now I can't go boating. I can't go out and do all my summer activities. Of course you can. The only difference is you're going to get to see big time college football on Saturday, Sundays, Thursdays, however they would set it up. And it, you're not going to have other things in the way. You're going to be able to do all your summer activities and still have one of the top two sports in the world because uh, it's basically NFL, then college football, then everything after that. I, I mean, it's a it's a tremendous idea. I don't I don't even know why when I heard this, I was thinking like like not only do we need to try this, this this needs to be the new norm. I think like I I would have to see all the other nuances about you know maybe then you're not even worried about school. Like I don't know how it would impact you know I guess there would be a huge issue with scheduling of of draft and and all that. But you know I, like I said, I haven't even thought all that through. I'm just thinking from a fan perspective of what I would love to watch games from basically August through the next July and then do it all over again. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like that would be tremendous from a sports fan perspective. And I can still do everything else I want to do. I can still go to the, uh, the park. I can still go to all my functions. I can still ride my boat. I can still go up North. I can, st- and really, I don't want to do any of that crap, uh, but I can still so enjoy all no this extra me, stuff and, so and still the, enjoy I football. Mean, so you don't do any of that stuff. So you're just expecting other people to go do that. So, oh, you can still go. You can still go on your boat. So, have you ever been on a boat before? I mean, people dig that out like early in the morning because you're going to be on the water all day. You're not going to be like, oh, okay, I'll wait for the Michigan game to get over at 4:30 and then go drag the boat out. I mean, no, <laughs> Rifka, that, that's I've done happen. all this dumb crap, but, but like my thing is that so you, you find can... it dumb, oh, and it's God, just it doesn't make it, people now... do other things in the summertime. I mean, yeah, there's people like yourself that would rather watch football like from that time. But like I said, that's why the XFL, the AAFL, that it doesn't work. It, that, that's why it won't work because other people are going to do other things. So this is a point where people just get tired of the sport. And it doesn't matter if it's college, semi-pro, it dragged out. People want to go do other things. And that's what they want the fall and the winter for. That's what they do on the weekends. You know, for those that don't do winter sports, ski you know, snowmobile, stuff like that. Cause yeah, you can still do that and still, you know, get into, you know, watch football, but no, people want to go do other, they want to go traveling, you know? So say like, Oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You would love it. Yeah. You would love it, but I think you would be in the minority. <laughs> okay. Note to Grifka. I do other things than watch sports and watch football, but my, 
issue with you is always like you act like you can't schedule your life to do all these other things that you enjoy reading books and going on the lake and uh, whatever the hell else you would mention all these functions you go to and can't use your brain and say hey I want to schedule my life whether it be my weekend away from work maybe you're in the summer you're a teacher you don't even have you know work you got all this free time anybody that has a clue can schedule all their time and still find time to watch their favorite teams whatever that means Maybe, maybe you watch less maybe other people watch less i don't care i just know that it's not one or the other it's not football or uh boating or or football or up north last time i i looked like up north you can watch tv you can get friends together for all these things hey oh my friends wouldn't want to come out in july and watch a big michigan uh versus the that team from down south game oh yeah i I bet that would be horrible rather than watching it in the middle of uh november there the end of november like no it's just two different seasons and you can do both at a really high level so anyway i mean you can retort if you'd like but i don't want to spend 20 minutes on this i just think i always get frustrated with you that you act like i can only do this or that and i always say you can do both or you could do whatever you want if you actually don't put it in a box and no, say, like oh, said, I'm, I'm old other, school. If I it's not in August. sports in the summertime. Not in I watch August, other sports I in the it. summertime. It's, it's what I do. Okay, that's that's what I do. So, yes, I mean, if I decide between watching, you know, a college football game in May or the sport we shall not speak of in May, I, I, you know, I'm going to let you know. I mean, I'll watch the sport that we shall not speak of. Like I said, people get tired There's out. There's no way. For as much as like, oh, oh it makes sense. God. You know, it's like, it. It, it's just the way it is. I mean, so... <laughs> Grifka, like that's another whole podcast, but if you're watching the short the sport we shall not speak of in a random game in May rather than Michigan football, it, you, we got big issues, brother. That That's ridiculous. But you don't me. have to worry about those because you'll be out on the boat or, you know, doing whatever else you do because you won't be watching that Michigan game because you'll be doing something else. No, Grifka, I'm not going to miss any games and I'm still going to do whatever else I want outside of football and sports. But I'm damn sure not going to watch a... I'll just throw it out there. Let me get the sensor out. I'm not going to watch a damn baseball game over football if they have it in May. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to pick between my football a fix, and then I'm still going to do all the other stuff I want with family and friends. It's not going to be okay. one or the other, and it's definitely not going to be uh, a random game that doesn't matter over my team that only plays 8 to 10 football games a year on the college level. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh, I didn't think that was go that way, but man, it's ridiculous. Grifka, before we take you our break, you wanted me to agree with you on that. Yeah, that would be awesome if college football moved to the springtime because there's no other spring sports to watch either. Because that should be easy for schools as well. So, okay, no problem. Oh, see what I deal with, people. I got no idea what's going on here. Grifka, let's move on to a trade thing before we take our break. I heard this recently: the Lions trade pick number three to the loss. Uh, Angeles Chargers, uh, number three for number six, and Desmond King, the slot corner, uh, been a really good football player. Again, we always make a gimmick of it, but it is true. Me and Hughes have continued to do live picks the last couple years. I took Desmond King a couple years ago. I think I got him in the third or fourth round of our actual picks on the clock. He's turned out to be a, a Pro Bowl or a really good player, more of a slot corner. You know, probably play that position that Justin Coleman does, but we don't really have anybody behind Justin Coleman. Is this something you'd like, moving down three slots, getting a player like this, and still getting another good football player at six? Yeah, that's a that's a good trade right there. I, I would I would be all for that. I mean, like you said, getting Desmond King. Um, 
I don't I don't know if he's good enough to uh, move to the outside or if they would plan on moving Justin Coleman, but I don't know why you would just take in a, a you know, the throw-in guy would be like a backup. You know, I, I'm sure he'd get playing time with as many wide receivers that touch the field, but still, I mean, that I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, for me, like Desmond King kind of started out as a safety. He's played more slot corner in the NFL. I like him as a player, just as we argue a lot on the show. There's a lot more that goes into it than just he's a good player. He's on the last year of his deal. They'd have to um, figure out how to pay him moving forward. They obviously pay Justin Coleman a boatload of money. I mean, we're talking uh, $10 million basically to play the slot corner. He was okay this last year, but uh, not that, uh, not that, uh, not that great. (laughs) I mean, I thought he was good at times, but um, you know, I'd like to see better from him. But my thing is, if you could have a plan for Desmond King, you could sign him at a decent rate, and now you can roll out uh, Trufant for a couple years, AO, you could roll out um, Desmond King, Coleman. You know, to me, those guys would be, like you said, almost double slot corners. Let's say then you also get Okuda at six. Grifka, now we got corners for about at least the next five years, I'd say where we're covered not only on the front line, but we also have some depth and, and what they call, I don't know if you've ever heard this word with the lions before versatility <laughs> to actually go guard some people and do some things. So, Hey man, I'm, I'm totally any, you know, I'm the guy that says, Hey, you, you don't have to just go from three to six, seven or eight. I'll go down anywhere. I'll go down to the Patriots for all I care to acquire more assets, but Hey, you're asking me to slide down three spots, probably still get the guy I want. Add a player like Desmond King, if we can keep him in the fold long term, absolutely. But I think there's a few hurdles there they'd have to uh, consider and get over as well. Grifka, we're going to take our break. When we come back, I want to talk about how free agency has impacted the draft. And I also want to go over some of our needs that still sit for the Lions as we are basically under a week from the draft and uh, lots to still discuss and get into. So we'll do all that right after the break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Uh, let's get right into it. We, we got off on some tangents. We had some... Uh, Good spirited fun there to some degree in the beginning with the good old uh, Grifka on the other end there. Grifka, to me, free agency really always impacts the draft. It definitely has for the Detroit Lions. I'm looking here at linebacker safety, wide out and offensive line. I feel like have all been impacted by guys we've kept, guys we've brought in. Um, to me, those are positions that 
even though I think we can upgrade and there's some good players in the draft at those positions, those are spots that are somewhat off the radar a bit now for me based on what the Lions have done in free agency, where I think they're building their team and, and, and who they may take in those first four rounds of the draft. Uh, do you agree or do you have some other cockamamie idea that you want to get into? <laughs> cockamamie. I, I guess like the biggest thing is with what the lines have signed at linebacker. I, I know you've come around to really like Isaiah Simmons. I like him as well, but that's just one thing. I, I think it's one guy that is just kind of off the table. I think I read something earlier this week that's stated that the, if you know, all things being equal, the lines would rather take Okuda than Simmons. That wasn't from lines 24 seven. I can't remember where, where I read that, but um it's just uh that's one of those things where you know i don't think they're worried about wide receiver until later maybe running back you know like you said mid round three four five something like that but i i guess my biggest disappointment is it seems like they're not even looking at isaiah simmons unless something happens with you know if they were to stay put you know and that uh it seems like okuda is going to be be the pick right there which i'm not disappointed with but i think i would rather have uh, Simmons. Yeah, uh, again, one of the random times we agree, I, I think Simmons is a, a great guy that would have a great head on his shoulders, be really versatile, you know, even if he learned, you know, with the Tavais, the, the Collinses of the world, he'd probably show out to be the better football player in the near future and, you know, long term. But I'm in with you. I feel like even if they trade down six, seven, eight, I, I don't really see them taking them. Safety, they obviously added Jerron Harmon. You know, I feel like some of the safeties, if they fall into that early second round, aren't going to be on the Lions' radar because between T. Walk, Harris, you know, uh, Harmon, and they even brought in Curse, the backup uh, they got it from Minnesota. That's kind of a special teamer, but can add some thump as well. I mean, I, I don't know where you're going to play all those guys. Plus the other couple guys you have, they're somewhat safeties, even though they, they basically just run down on kicks and whatnot. Uh, you mentioned running back to me, running backs, the one that hasn't been, you know, they haven't added anything there. I'm going to be very frustrated if we don't come out of this draft with another good piece at running back. Cause I'm here to tell you, Grifka, this isn't really a hot take, but we're, we're not getting a, a, a top of the line running game in 2020 or beyond with carry on Bo and Ty Johnson. I mean, you know, I love carry on, you know, I was telling Bob Quinn on the hotline to go get Bo Scarborough and he did, but that's, that's not NFL quality. Now, if you add another, a, a game changer, yeah, we could go from bottom of the league to middle, maybe that that upper third of the league, you know, I think. But if you just think you're going to roll those three out in a couple scrubs, that ain't going to get it done. I mean, you could have went and added to the position. You still got money just burning a hole in your pocket. You haven't done a damn thing with it. So, you know, that. And then right before we're recording, like we hear Kenny Wiggins is coming back. Ode Abushi's coming back. I mean, we don't even know what we have in Bo Benchwell. Like they got all these offensive linemen. Joshua Garnett, and like I can't figure out, you know, how that's going to impact the draft. What do they think they're just good there? They're just going to throw a, a trash can out at right and left guard and think we're, our quarterback's going to be okay? Like I think that's impacted as well by some of these old veteran bums where it's like you need to go get a dominant player, you know, and maybe they will still draft one. But oh, I'm curious to see. Hey, Grifka, the Okuda who we mentioned was on, I think it was NFL Live, and they said, hey, you know, everybody's penciling you in at number three to the Detroit Lions. What do you think about that? I think this was his response. 
Um, I, I, I think number three with my name sounds real nice. And then break out, break out the old crickets. <laughs> Cause there was nothing after that. And they were like, all right, well, uh, I hear you. And they just moved on. It was like, didn't say one thing about the lions. Didn't say, you know, Hey, it would be a blessing to be drafted. I'd be fired up to go to any team in the NFL. Just, uh, yeah. Jeffrey Okuda would love to go at number three because he almost sounded like shocked that he would go that high. Like that was surprising to me. And then Grifka, do you know his, his nickname is free Hefe? <laughs> How, how does one get the nickname Free Hefe? <laughs> well, that's the cool part. Like, Hefe makes sense because it's Jeff Okuda. So, Hefe, anytime you call a guy that's named Jeff Hefe, it just sounds way better. But he said Hefe is his, uh, is like, alter ego. Where on the football field, he's Hefe. And when he's, when he's not, he's Jeff. And I was just like, okay. Now, the Free Hefe, I mean... Uh, you know, it kind of is odd to me, but I think it's a decent nickname. I thought that would bring a smile to your face because you love crazy names and you love crazy nicknames more than stats or, or anything else. Free Hefe, you got to like that. That's a nice t-shirt <laughs> that you can get made up right there. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know, like I said, I was just surprised by his reaction. I mean, I think he's still the safest player, you know, the most predicted player to the Lions, but... For me, I'm not though, his his retort, man, would yeah. be that way. Like yeah. you said, how come you always hear like people like the? Uh, it just sounds like the talk, you know. They're you know, no matter what, the, their agents like you know, make sure it's you know, like you know, praise God and you yeah. know, it's a blessing to be here. You want to thank everybody, family. You know, work so hard, to get where you are. Blah. Yep, three. Yeah, three sounds good. <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> but, but yeah, and it was surprising because it wasn't three sounds good. You know, I've talked with the Lions or like, you know, he's a confident kid too. It should have been like, well, of course, like I'm, I'm sad I'm going three. I should be higher than that. Like I'm the best player in this draft. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. Instead, it literally was. Man, if if I'm picked it all the way up at number three, that sounds good to me. And they just, like I say, the cricket sound effect, which maybe I'll have to pump in later. Like, <laughs> it was like, come on, Okuda, show some confidence, or say like, hey, you know, I'd be excited to be picked by all those t- teams up top. I could really help them. And you really didn't get any of that. But like I said, he seems like a good kid. I I, I won't be. I won't be breaking my coffee table if they take him at three. I won't be breaking, you know, my TV if they take him at six or seven or five at a trade down. But I think it'd be much more palatable if they could trade down, pick up that second rounder from either the Chargers or the Dolphins or whatever, and and then still take this kid. I think he is the most impactful player from day one. You know, you just put him and Trufant out there, and then you have Ao as a backup, and you got Coleman in the slot. That basically, you know, lets us roll you know, at, at a high level, I think pretty much from day one, except for, you know, rookie corners have their issues as well as, you know, it's one of the toughest positions <laughs> with every yeah, other it's spot. Right there with, it's right up there with um, tight end and offensive guard and you know, defensive <laughs> tackle and middle linebacker. <laughs> right. Just run down the list. Every, every position is tough. And, and like you, you ramble on about tight end, like don't expect anything good until you're three. It's like, no, we need this kid to come in and be a ball player. Hey Grifka, I got one other curveball. I know we got to get to these needs and then we'll finish out the show. Grifka, I'm, I'm putting this out there now. We, this is our Wednesday show before the draft next week. 
Grifka, I'm here to tell you that I think, like, we've went over it a bunch. The Detroit Kool-Aid cast is all about Matt Stafford, you know, from a from his physical ability to his, 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 you know, good leadership of never embarrassing the city and always doing the right thing. But Grifka, I'm here to tell you, there's something in my brain that still thinks the ultimate okie doke could be going on because there has been so much praise, so much. This is laughable. Um, I've been in talks with Matthew, like he's ready to go. He's healthy. Grifka, would it absolutely shock you? Would you like lose your mind? If at number three, the Lions sit right there and they turn that, uh, you know, Skype pick or Zoom selection into Roger Goodell in his basement that says, with the number three pick, the Detroit Lions select Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, Alabama. Because I'm here to tell you, like, I'm not going to be doing backflips, but I'm not going to be hating it either because... Like, there's something to be said about the ultimate pull the wool over everybody's eyes, take the kid, you know, trade Stafford to New England, whatever. They might have some crazy plan in the background that I think could ultimately make sense. I mean, if two is healthy and ready and he's a good leader, he makes pennies on the dollar to what Matt Stafford does. I mean, that could change our, our whole franchise. I mean, are you on board with this at all? Or is this a Grifka? Nope. Um, if that was to happen... I, I would think Bob Quinn accidentally left the draft on auto draft. And that's like best player available. And it's like <laughs> right there too. <laughs> it's like, ooh, Bob, Bob Quinn called in. And then he had to go do something else. You don't, it's like you, the one time I had you actually join a fantasy league before you hated it. Grifka, you don't think this could happen at all? You don't think that there's not a slim chance the Lions could be saying, well, yes, yes, I mean, yes, yes, yes. And then say, oh, never mind. <laughs> Boom, there it is. Like I said, there's, there's always a possibility, but uh, I mean, with the massive, you know, uh, you know, with, with with your girl there, Martha, drawing the line in the sand saying that, you know, you don't play meaningful games in December. <laughs> you know, I, I, like I said, I think they're just, they're playing for the job and I don't think they're going to give that to a rookie quarterback. It's just, uh, I mean, yeah, rookie quarterbacks have done, you know, okay in their rookie seasons, but there's plenty of more, there's plenty more rookie quarterbacks that really struggle and that be, that would be the building for the future pick. And I don't think, I just, I don't think Matt Patton, Bob Quinn have that, have that opportunity to do that this year after getting the, the massive ultimatum. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get, I just want to say one quick thing. Like you've brought this up multiple times. I hear everybody else bring this up. I feel like, I don't know if it's because of people living their real lives or what it is, but Everybody has this argument that like Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are going to just do whatever it takes to win enough games to keep their jobs. Like basically anytime you're in a job, like every day you're trying to do the best you can that day to you're not trying to not do well. It's not like Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have not been doing well for three years on purpose other than maybe tanking the back half of this last year to, you know, get a better draft pick. So my thing, if they took Tua, which again, I think is sort of a slim chance, but I'm also putting it out there because it's been so not addressed that I feel like because it's a quarterback, because we're in the top three, and because they might see the financial sense that it makes long term, if they take this guy, I think if he's healthy, you could roll him out and play him and, and still run the football and throw throw the type of routes they already throw without a, without a huge issue, depending on what you get back from Matt Stafford. But... 
I feel like it wouldn't be a play saying, oh man, this is going to put our jobs in jeopardy. I feel like that'd be the ultimate swing of like, we're doing the biggest, boldest thing to be here for another decade. You know what I mean? To, to win at a high level and to have this new leader of the team that would be a transcendent player, both on and off the field that could maybe take us to the playoffs and beyond to the ultimate prize where maybe they think in their heads Matt Stafford is great. He can make all the throws, but he doesn't have that dog in him. He doesn't have that thing that's going to get us over the hump. And we've been here too long. You know, somebody's been here too long. Maybe new scenery would do both parties well. Like, that's my counter, is that everybody thinks they're going to guard their jobs, and I think they may pull the ultimate wool over everybody's eyes, take this kid, and say, now watch what we build with him as the signal caller and all this extra money and all these extra assets that we can go do this thing with. Instead of saying, oh, we took him, now we're going to get fired because he's not going to come out guns a-blazing from day one. I think it could be the complete opposite, to be honest. I really I really do. This is my outside-the-box thought, but I just want to put it on the show in case it happens and to tell people this isn't a lose-now selection. That Taking two is the ultimate you know, middle finger to everybody saying, watch what we do now. So you would be comfortable, you think, they, this all this happens it goes down you would be okay with it thinking that two would be able to get them meaningful football games in december i mean because once again that that was the ultimatum that you know lions fans you know that martha put out there just not even like she, i don't she didn't even say playoffs she just said meaningful football games so you think you know, like you said playing for the future you know they they would feel more secure in their jobs you know, like meaningful football game there, as opposed to like, if it turns out they got another, they got like a five win season and then like, well, well, we had a rookie quarterback. Oh, I don't know, but I, I'd, I'd say this, if Tua is what he was in college and he, he's, he's, you know, 80, 90% healthy and go out there and do everything you kind of need him to do from a physical standpoint. Like I don't see why he can't come out and, and you see all these other rookies come out, start from day one, you know, uh, have flashes, make plays. I mean, it's not like we have an empty football team around him. So I I think there'd be a little drop-off from the get-go because Stafford's been here. He's seen a lot, you know. But I, I just think you could make it work. And I think it's the ultimate big swing. It's the ultimate okey-doke. And it's the ultimate play of, hey, we're not just going to draft a corner or defensive lineman because it helps us tomorrow. And it saves our jobs, quote-unquote, because we think we'll have a better team. Like, you know what saves their jobs? Is taking Tua and watching Tua become the guy. Like a top five NFL quarterback. A leader of men. And a guy that is is there making pennies. And so you can put a football team around him. At all levels. And I feel like our defense is, you know, coming along. You know, the offense is already good enough. You don't think Tua could come in there and probably do 75% of what we saw last year and a lot better than Blau and you know uh, Driscoll did when they were out there? Of course he could. And we were in football games with those two bumps. I know they're your favorite players, your favorite backup quarterbacks, but um, Heck yeah, you know, man, him, Sean Hill, all of them. Oh, you love them. Put them so, all in the same boat. Like, like I said, let's <laughs> let's not go any further with it. I just want to throw it out because it's still in the back of my head that because quarterback is so valued, because the Lions have been so staunt of nope, he's here, we love this guy. Like they've tricked everybody into nobody talks about the Lions taking a quarterback. Nobody thinks they'll just sit there and pick, but. 
they could do just that in less than, you know, just over a week from now. Grifka, mm-hmm. let's let's spend a couple minutes here. I'm going to give you the team needs in the order that I have them. And you can argue with them or you can give me kind of what you would address and how. So my remaining needs for the Detroit Lions are an edge pass rusher. I don't know, a guy like Chase Young, Grifka, um, would be nice. Uh, I also think our next need is a cornerback. We need somebody that can roll out there and play outside corner. And we don't have another one on the roster, even though I love AOO. Baby, um, <laughs> offensive tackle or interior offensive lineman. I feel like if we're going to protect our quarterback, whoever it may be, like, hey Stafford, you're still my guy. I just, I whoever's back there, I'd be a favorite. But you got to protect him. So I feel like our tackles could get better, and our interior line is still a little bit of a mess. We need a freaking running back. Haven't been able to run the ball since 1999. It'd be nice to change that. So if you want to take one in the second or the fourth through the fourth round, I would appreciate it. So we can put this to bed. And I also have receiver here. I think you need a, a speed receiver, and you also need a receiver that can then replace Marvin and Danny. So either a real top ball player or a guy that can at least replace one of those two, and then you have another game plan. Those are my top five needs, and I also have five secondary needs. The secondary needs are um, in no particular order, really. Linebacker, safety, another edge, tight end, and again, this is last but not least, a quarterback. <laughs> how, did, how did punter not make your list? There's nobody punting the ball right now, unless we're just going to go oh, yeah. fourth down all the time. <laughs> yeah. Punter's on there, but you, you, I, I didn't put it because then I'll start talking about Sam Martin and his gimmicks and his his uh, you know his 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 golf attire is an insane, you know, the, the guy's gone. So yeah, we'll get a punter. Hopefully I'll like them more than that chaperone. Okay, go ahead. Well, I just want to, st- I just want to start off by saying at least we're set. I'm, we are definitely set at one position and I, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about, you know, this position for a long time. And that would be long slant, long snapper, uh, Tom Muleback, you'll be snapping, you know, in a wheelchair, whatever he needs to be <laughs> nice to have you back again. But, um, uh, I just have to. I have to agree with you on your on your needs. Um, edge rusher, definitely edge rusher, and um, would probably be the, the number one. And number two, Grifka, real quick. If Chase Young is on the board, you take him at three. If he's on, if he's on the board at three, Okuda's there. Simmons is there. Chase Young is there. Grifka's the Detroit Lions GM here in 2020. What do you do? Gosh, I, I, I still really like Simmons. Oh my God. Get, get, you're off the show for two weeks. That's a two-week <laughs> ban from the show. Everybody at home is sitting there going, this is I'm ridiculous. Being, I'm being quarantined from the show. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyway, go go with your needs now that you've just ruined your credibility. Right, so, Edge, right right there would be would be the number one. Um, but not Chase. I would really like to know what they, what they think about AO. You know, as a you know, putting cornerback, I, I I do believe they need another cornerback. I mean, obviously, if Okuda's there, you know, I, I believe they're going to take him over Simmons simply because what they've signed at linebacker. Grifka. Um, Th- this just yes. in from Bob Quinn about AL. Oh, baby. So that means we don't have to worry about a cornerback at all since. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we we can drop that off there. Um, I, I, 
I would have to say probably more of an interior guard. I, I gosh, you know how much I love Taylor Decker, and they just spent some you know money on on Hal. So I think they would be looking more at a guard than opposed to like tackle. Um, Rivka, real quick, I hate to keep jetting in on you, but here's here's my thing. So you want a guard? I'm here to tell you right now, the Detroit Lions on their current roster have Joe Dahl. They have Joshua Garnett, they have Bo Benchwall, they have Kenny Wiggins, and they have Ode Abouche. <laughs> like, they already have six guys, and they they only need, like, three on a, on a game day roster. Like, what are they going to do with all these guys? Are they just paying Ode and, and Wiggins for, for a, a fun couple months until they get rid of them? Like... To me, they already have those guys. I know you hate Taylor Decker. The Detroit Lions seem to love Taylor Decker. I wouldn't be surprised if he's here for another three to five years on an extension. You've got, you just paid a right tackle $10 million. Like, even though it's on my needs list, like, they've already somewhat addressed it, even though we don't love how they have addressed it. Like, where where are you going to put another body or two? I don't know. But if one of those guys are there, you know, like you said, you don't let the draft, you know, play you, you play the draft. If it's one of those things where there's such a talent gap where that, that guard is sitting there over some other position that you may like or, or want, and the, the, the gap is there, would you, would you not take the guard? I, I guess. Well, you take and it, but I'm saying you're still costing yourself money. Like you've already paid these guys, you're bringing them back. So of course you can upgrade, but it's not the smartest move to go ahead and pay these veteran guys and then just go replace them in a month. I mean, you can yeah, do but it, but those, it's still going to cost you. Those veteran guys are all cheap. And it's not like they sunk a whole bunch of money into those guys. Grifka, have you I not mean, realized basically every cent matters in the NFL? There's no, oh, oh, we just gave Kenny Williams a million bucks. No big deal. Yeah, that million dollars is a big deal, like in the grand scheme of things. So I know what you're saying. And yes, you, you still want to cover your ass and then also draft whoever is best available. But... It's not smart business to go ahead and, and cover yourself too much to have six guards on the roster and then cut three or four of them because, oh, Cesar Ruiz was there and we want to take him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like I, I put it on my list because I think I it mean, needs well, an upgrade. Cesar, but... Cesar Ruiz sounds like a like an upgrade over all six of those guys that you named. Of course. So that's if, what I'm if, saying. If, so if you if you think that's even an option, you don't go load up. And then have to boot all those guys. You load up a, a spot or two. You know, maybe you brought back O'Day a couple months ago. You roll with that and see what happens. But they seem to not care at all about the position. And, you know, same with running back. Same, like, you've you spent all this time bloviating about, oh, you love Simmons over Chase Young and stuff. Like, I love Simmons, but what, am I going to add him to the other 11 linebackers on my on my roster? Like, what am I going to do with the other 11? Hey, four of you are cut because we, we, we decided to draft Simmons anyway. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's exactly that's, what you do with that's them. That's not I smart mean, business. they're going to be crying if they cut Elijah Lee? I mean... I mean, come on! It's just, just no, they but they're gonna the be guys, they're gonna be pissed like... that they're paying Jamie Collins ten million dollars, and from day one, Simmons is better than him. I mean, that's not good business, is it? Oh, he's a ten million dollar backup. Okay. So, well, that, so you're gonna like? Well, you know, he's better than you know this guy in the draft is gonna be better than the guy that we signed, but we don't want, we just don't want to look stupid. So let's not take him. That just doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it does I mean, make that's just, that's sense. Just, that's it makes dollars and that's sense. That's you being an utterly bad GM is, is what it is. You're gonna, <laughs> oh, like, here we go. You're gonna, now now you're, you're telling me how to construct then, like, a team. You're going to let some other guys sit there because they may be, the rookie may be better than the guy that, that you, you gave big money to. 
I mean, yeah, he may be better than, you know, Collins or maybe better than Jared Davis or, you know, Jelani Tavai or, you know, Frankenstein Jones. I mean, yeah, it's just, I could say he's better than three of those four guys. And yeah, I would take him for that reason. And it doesn't matter if you're paying, you're paying those other guys, you know, I realize you just re-signed Christian Jones for some reason for him to go stand out there and take up space. But, uh, you know, he's better than Jared Davis and he's better than he's, my blood pressure is so, great getting up and I haven't even had too much salt. Like the point is you don't go out and sign all those guys to big money. If you, if you're going to then go draft a guy high or even in the second round, you leave a couple spots open. And then if you don't get that guy, you come in later and get some depth at linebackers. My point, it's not that I don't take a guy because he will be better than people. Big I, took. Money? I mean, you, you, you keep, you, I mean, you got Jamie Collins makes $10 million. <laughs> You I spend a second round pick on Jelani Tavai. They signed Wiggins and Abushi for like nothing. Bo Benchwall, if they cut him, who, who cares? He, he doesn't count anything against the cap. I mean, so what, Joe Dahl? I mean, Joe Dahl, he's like, so what, there's a little dead money there. It's not like they're bent over backwards with him. So so what? You eat a little bit of you eat a little bit there if you're gonna get something more. I mean, no, I don't think Bob Quinn's crying if they have to like get rid of Kenny Wiggins or Ode Yabushi or Ben Boschwal or Joe Dahl. Who cares? Or Garrett, some guy who hasn't played in two years. So who gives a crap? Then don't I sign mean, all of them. Hold on to this guy because we sign like him. two of them, not six. Like that's my point. What is, are you is, talking is... about? They just signed Abushi. They just signed Wiggins. They just signed Garrett. Those guys, I mean, and if, 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 sorry, if a, if a guard's sitting there in the second round or third round who's better than that scrap, of course you take him. And if you have to cut those guys, who gives a crap? I mean, those guys suck anyways. It's not like we talk about the running game. Those guys are blow dog anyways. Who gives a crap? I mean, so what? Grifka, there's something like, called, oh, a, we, no, something we, called we, a salary we cap. The cap hit. We, can't, we can't take the $500,000 cap hit on, 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 on a bushy. Ooh, gosh, no. Let's not do that. Come on. Hmm. Give me a break. All right. Anyway, I, I somewhat agree with you that, yeah, you can you can upgrade. My point is that they've they've overloaded, showing me that they do not care about interior offensive line and linebacker because Either of what they've already done. They're not happy with what they have, and they're just seeing what the, the, whether it'll throw at the wall and it'll stick. Okay, I well, mean, that, that's, let's, that's let's, not let's, the let's best be strategy. Here. Those guys that they signed, you know, really didn't put the fear of God in anybody. Okay, it's not like everybody's like, ooh, God, what a great signing, ooh, guys. You know, it's just, come on, let, let's be honest here. They're just loading up the room to see who will stick. It doesn't mean that they won't be able to upgrade with that in the draft. I don't think they'll take Simmons simply because, like you said, they took they signed so many guys, but I could see a guard there. Okay, just because they just because they signed a bunch of guards because all of them, all them on the team that aren't that good, they're not that great. You know, yeah, I could see that happening. Oh my goodness, this is a crazy day on the Detroit Cooley Cast. Grifka, what else you got on needs? You got anything else on? Uh... What you like to see them attack based on what's out there, uh, you know, punter, my primary punter, seventh round, right there. Yep. we need a punter. I agree with you, except that person you named. I'm going with Man, the uh, the kid. I, I forget even what school he's from, but Man is my punter. M A N N, uh, seventh round. He's might, the, I might. He's the man. Might might take him in the sixth. I mean, anybody's the man other than <laughs> Sam Martin, that piece of garbage. Uh, what what else what else is on the top of your radar in those? So you got edge, you got corner. Um, you want to get a lineman at all costs, no matter what. I mean, you'd love to li- add a linebacker, even though we got fifteen on the roster. G- give the people like one or two sorry, others, just and we'll get out of here. Suck, but um, 
like like you mentioned, running back, I like that as well. Um, you know, like I said, second through fourth. I don't want to take another flyer on like a fifth, sixth. I, I realize those guys every once in a while they pan out, but they tend to not, you know, work out as much as as much as the earlier round guys. All right, so man, everybody's a pack show. We uh, we talked about snacks. We got in some arguments. Uh, Griff had a horrible take about college football in the spring. I think it would be a nice experiment. See how it happens. We, I mean, free agency is definitely going to impact what the Detroit Lions do in the draft, but also. You know, like you say, you do have to uh, draft the best players at positions of need at the best value spots. We'll see if Bob Quinn can get it done. I sure freaking hope so, because uh, it's a chance to come and make a big impact uh, this season. And then we address some of the needs that are still out there and went back and forth with that. Grifka, with all that being said, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Everybody, please drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Please check us back here on Friday. We know you're working from home. We know you're uh, stuck in the house. There's nothing better than listening to Lions Podcast. We got you covered twice a week here. You can also check out my Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions Podcast, which drops on Monday. There will also be a bonus show this week where I did an NFC North roundtable. I stuck up for the Lions, and I beat up all the other people in the NFC North. So you check that out on my Believe Podcast uh, feed as well. That would be coming out probably midweek. And uh, definitely showed those guys what's up and told them the Lions are going to be coming in 2020 for that NFC crown. So check that out. Everybody, take care. Drink it in. We'll be back on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.